Hey guys, Paul Rick here. Welcome back to the Baseball Dad Show. In this episode, we're going to talk about late developing players. So I'm recording this in the spring of 2021, and it's always around this time, late winter, spring, I start seeing uptick in emails with these questions about about development and late development, late developing players. Because, you know, um, some players have gone through winter workouts, teams are being picked, or school tryouts, they've played some games. Kids are kind of seeing where they fall, you know, in the development curve. And you know, what's obvious is that, you know, some players develop faster than others. So if your son is a late developing player, this is like, this is going to be a really important podcast for you and a really great podcast for you because um, I'm going to give you a lot of hope for your son's future career, but I'm also going to give you some stuff to do because it is a real crucial time. It's a crucial time for you, dad, who's listening to this, um, especially if your son loves the game. Um, if he doesn't love the game, that's fine. You know, let him go off and do some other stuff or participate in other activities. But if he does love the game, it's important that um, you really listen to this podcast. And this is an important part of his career that you really, really need to get right. Um, because I see a lot of kids leave the game when they're faced with this. And they leave the game still loving the game. And they just kind of think, like, well, the game's just going to, you know, I'm not good enough or I'm never going to get my chance or you know, whatever goes through their head and they leave the game. And to me, that's one of the biggest, uh, that's the thing that, that just bothers me the most. When you have someone who really loves the game, really wants to play and leaves the game because they've kind of made up this idea in their head about how they should be at what age, et cetera, et cetera. So when it comes to hope, I'll, I'll say this, just because your son is a late developer doesn't mean he can't have a great career. It doesn't mean that he can't have the career of his dreams as doesn't mean that if he's got the genetic ability and he's got the the self-directed work ethic that he could make anything he wants of his career all the way up to the highest level because it's been done but nothing happens if he leaves the game nothing happens if he gets discouraged and he quits so let's take a look at some things that are really important for dad for you to get right first things first is you got to look objectively at this and objectively at this is something I've probably said a hundred times in the series of this podcast is there's a two-year standard deviation of development. There's 10-year-olds that look like eight years old and 10-year-olds that look like they're 12 years old and everything in between. And so that's real. That's not just for baseball players. That's for everybody. Go look at your kid's class picture. You know, go look at your kid's class picture two years ago. You know, if your kid's like 11, you know, eight, nine years old, little kids kind of have that little kid's face, right? And then you'll see like when they're 10, 11, you'll start to see some kids will still, you know, look a little bit, you know, like they're, they're heading into um, uh, puberty. You could just see the change in, in, their, in their face. So to understand that is to also understand that it's a deviation. It levels out. And here's how I know it levels out. The best 12-year-olds do not make the best 22-year-olds. In the history of the Little League World Series, which I think is maybe 60, 70 years now, whatever it is, a long time. I think there's been 20 players that have played in the major leagues. I think. It's somewhere around there. And that's not just like in the final game. That's... You know, however many teams go to that Williamsport tournament that, that it's, you know, quote-unquote Little League World Series. Like 20 players. I want you to think about that. Think about how many players you've seen, even from other countries, just striking out 12, 13, 14 players on 
a team that just won their country's national championship. How many great performances have we seen there? How many kids we've seen throwing hard and they're looking at the radar going, oh my God, this kid's throwing so hard. Where are they? The best 12-year-olds don't make the best 22-year-olds because the best 12-year-olds are not generally the best 12-year-olds. They're kind of the bigger, faster, stronger 12-year-olds. That's it. Nothing special about them other than they develop at a faster rate than others. And it levels out. If it didn't level out, we would see all those players in the major leagues. We'd see all of them. How is it that even six years later, the best 12-year-olds don't show up in the first round of the major league draft? Six years. So it's in these years, he's probably 10 to 12, 13, 14 year, years, you know, so those, those kind of development where puberty can kind of start early or start late, that you have to keep your kid in the game. And that would be number two after obje- looking at it objectively is keep your kid in the game. Just because he may not be talented enough to play on the 12U team when he's 11, um, that doesn't mean that's going to be. That doesn't mean that 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 when when those kids are 13 and 12, that 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 level of development is going to stay. So if you're just because your son is not doesn't fit into that level, don't don't create don't. How do I say it? His level of development should not be evaluated or or made good or bad based on the age group that he should be playing at. So if he's not developed enough to play on the 12U team at 11, that doesn't mean that when he's 13, he's not going to be totally developed to play on the 14U team. But he doesn't play if he's not playing. If, he's at, if he stops at 11, there's no chance of that. So as a, as a dad, it's your, it's your opportunity to try and get him as many opportunities to play as possible and to take all the expectations off of him playing. If he is a late developing player, then you have to be patient with him because he's late developing. And giving him more opportunities to play and to stay in the game is important. And also too, I'm kind of a big believer in that I don't know. I you know these kids that play up and play, you know, you know, on bigger fields ahead of schedule. I I you know, I see that. I I see it. It sounds like a great thing. But I'm going to tell you, there's something also too to kicking some ass. You know, I, I've seen a lot of players that you know were rushed up, and when players are rushed up, they can tend to go into survival mode because they're playing a little bit over their head. We think if we put them in this tougher game, that all of a sudden they'll rise to the occasion. Not everybody. Not everyone. Some shrink, and so I think it's a great opportunity that if there's rec ball or whatever that is available. Um, yeah, I know that some that rec ball programs are not the best now, but to keep them in the game, let let them let them go three for four in rec. Who cares? And then there's plenty of opportunities. There's all kinds of academies and organizations now that you can find your son an opportunity to play. Number three, this is a real hidden opportunity for you. Trust me on this one, because if you take the let's take the the the, the late developing ten year old. And the late developing and the, and the the early developing ten year old, the early developing ten year old will get scooped up by unqualified coaches who will use and abuse that player to win plastic trophies and fake rings. Now, if we fast forward to that player at fourteen, that player has had a lot of competitive experience, but what that player lacks is 
developmental experience. They don't know how to play the game. Now, if your son's an, a late developer and he's getting, you're, you're giving him as much competitive experience as you could possibly can, but also too that you have this opportunity that maybe he won't, he won't have as many competitive opportunities as the early developer. You use those those opportunities for development opportunities. Now you're going to have a kid who's at 14 who's developed and can play the game, and when this standard deviation levels out. And all of a sudden, the physical, uh, the physical um, uh, characteristics balance out. Now you have a 14-year-old who kind of doesn't sort of know how to play the game, you know. And now the thing that he was relying on, being bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody else, kind of is becoming less and less effective each and every day. And then you have your son who, um, you know, has been developing, and now all of a sudden he's kind of catching up to that kid, you know, in physical development, and he knows how to play the game. There's going to be just as many competitive opportunities for both players. And long term, what's really interesting, what's really interesting phenomenon that's happening now, travel ball coaches look at late developing players and they say, you know, you're a great kid, but I've got to win six tournaments this summer. I just don't have time to work with you like this. College coaches that I'm friends with will recruit players or you know go out to scout and recruit players and they'll see these kids who are big and fast and strong, can throw the ball through a wall, can hit a ball a country mile, but they can't feel the slow roller. They can't feel the bunt. Like they don't know how to how to set up for relays. They don't. And you know what they're saying to them? They're like, yeah, you know, you're great. You throw hard. You're a nice kid and all. But I've got to win some games this year. I don't have time to teach you the game of baseball. <laughs> so, if your son's a late developer, objective information: the best twelve-year-olds don't make the best twenty-two-year-olds. Number two, give him as many opportunities as he can. Take every competitive opportunity that you can. Keep him in the game. And three, use this time to your advantage to develop the skills, the knowledge, the, 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 the feel, and the know-how of the game. And it's an opportunity to develop that those fundamentals of the game that they're so solid that when this development evens out, your son will be right there. Your son will be right there. And the opportunities are will be just the same. If you can just kind of ride him through this period of time, um, he'll get through fine. So um, that wraps up this episode. If you guys want to ask a question, um, you can go to um, baseballdadshow.com and click on our Facebook group. You can link to it there and ask a question in the Facebook group. And the reason we're doing that is because um, you'll my team will get it to me, so we'll be able to answer it here. But also... Um, you'll be able to get advice from the thousands of dads that are in there as well. That could be beneficial for you. Um, so head on over to baseballdadshow.com. Um, all right, guys, see you next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.